get into the hockey talk by getting into the scrum. This is the Scrum Sports Hockey Show with Brooks Rowland and Trevor Grout on Lightning Power Play. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Off the Rails of the Scrum Sports. I, of course, am Trevor Grout and joined again by the returning Cooper to my Eli, Brooks Rowland. An Eli Manning reference. Nicely done. Thank you. Nicely done. And I don't feel like either one of us is Peyton. No. But no. you're definitely Cooper. I'm okay with that. Because Cooper has no athletic ability whatsoever. Um, uh, Actually, he did play high school football. Did he play college? He did had a degenerative neck condition that forced him to quit football. Likely story. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's that's what happened. And that 13-year-old kid just happened to step in front of Gritty when he threw a punch. <laughs> I remember sharing that with you, and you were like, what? <laughs> How dare they call him a monster? <laughs> um, So, a little backstory, not to that, but... This week's show is going to be a little more Gritty heavy. Because... Within reason. No, it's going to be whatever I want. I don't get to say the word for a month. <laughs> Victory for yours truly in the bet. So due to Alex Kalorn getting his 20th goal of the season before you said what, Valentine's Day? Yeah, he did it before the All-Star break. So because he did it before Brooks's date, mine was March 1st. Yep. I have to go an entire month without saying gritty. You're going to be going through some serious withdrawals of the month of February. Like serious withdrawals, like shakes. Up, <laughs> oh, Trevor's already got the... Uh, is, is it, are we going to call this your stress gum? That's my stress gum. Fair enough. That is definitely my stress gum. <laughs> so, last week, obviously, we had uh, Mr. Mike Raper in here with us, or with me. I feel it was a pretty good show, if you ask me. And, you know, I do ask me because, you know, I'm the the best guy I know. Oh, that's that's such a Trevor comment. (laughs) By the way, justice for Gritty, I'm actually wearing the jersey. You going to start a hashtag, too? Yes, I am. You going to start the movement? I'm going to start the justice for Gritty movement. For, for a, a guy that's hardly ever on Twitter is going to start a Twitter movement. Absolutely. <laughs> is, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. <laughs> My fiance still won't let me invite him to the wedding. Yeah, yes. There. Sometimes you have to set boundaries. But I, I don't agree with it. But, to, like, you know, tonight we're going to, or for this show anyway, we're going to, you know, let you get the, the gritty out of you since you won't be able to say the name for the next... Basically for the entire month of February. And as Trevor mumbles under his breath and is really, really angry and wants to curse at me, but Uh a bet is a bet. Yes, it is, and I am not one to welch on a bet. So on this week's show, we're going to talk the top 10 lightning moments of the season as well as positive and negative. I bet you can't guess what my negative is going to be. But don't tell anybody, but I bet you can't guess. I, I've got a pretty good idea. 
But to kick off the first uh, segment and, and change of this show, we are going to give our grades for each player, I think as well as the offense, defense, and uh, special teams, i.e. penalty kill power play. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Why not jump right into grading the 2019-2020 Tampa Bay Lightning prior to the All-Star game? We'll go player by player. We will. And what I did was I kind of graded a little bit on a curve based I mean, I base a lot of these grades on pre, you know, compared to preseason expectations. By the way, I kind of went. I forgot to tell you. What's that? I'm just here so I won't get fined. I can never get fined. We don't we don't need we don't need you getting fined. No. Um I got Mike with that last week too. <laughs> as much as he listens to our show, you think he would would uh would learn my mannerisms when I'm like, "Hey, I forgot to tell you." But at the same time though, it's different went from listening to actually being in the show. He actually wasn't bad. He was really good. I mean, I'm not going to say it could be a potential replacement for you. Hey, he held his own. He absolutely held his own. I was a little bit under the weather last week, but Mike came in, did a really good job, and who knows, might have him back on the show. Maybe we'll make this a three-man show at some point this year. Hmm. Bring him in for uh, to make it a little three, a little trio, a little for uh, menage for a hockey, something like that. Yeah, why not? All right. So I've got the entire roster here broken down by by points. Let's start from the bottom. and You know, we started from the bottom. Now we're here. You want to do it like that? Or do you want to sort it by letter grade? Because I have it listed from on my list, the best grade to down to the lowest grade. Or actually down to incomplete. I do have a couple guys at incomplete for various reasons. <laughs> Fine. We'll go by your list. However you want to do it. I don't care either way. We'll go by your list. Okay. Starting, I mean, you took the time to put them into like graded categories and this <laughs> and that. So we'll, 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 we'll go with your list. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, the only player that I gave an A plus to. Alex Kalorn? Yes. Well pretty learned. pretty self-explanatory. Well I mean, earned. Tw- 20 goals for the first time in his career. I mean, just playing lights out hockey at both ends of the rink. Consistent every single night. I mean, he, he's a guy that's throughout his career with the Lightning, he's Developed a reputation for for being a very streaky player. And here's what's funny. Take a guess at what his shooting percentage is. I have not looked at this, but I'm going to take a stab at it and say he is shooting... I will give you this hint. Okay. He is, of players with five or more games, the highest shooting percentage on the team. I'm going to say he's shooting at 16%. Nope. Higher? Really? 19? Nope. Higher than that? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take one more crack at it. They got 21.5%. Okay. 20.6%. Wow. The next highest to him is Braden Point at 184 and then from there, Kucherov, Sorelli, 
Uh, Hedman's only at 8.4. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty stellar. That that's a that's a pretty look, stellar shooting percentage for a guy that had never topped 20 goals look at before me. this season. Look at me pulling up the stats. I know, right? It's like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, you you're certainly uh certainly bringing the uh the statistical thunder tonight. Moving on in our uh, our grade list, two guys that I gave A's to. A's, okay, let's see. Let's see if I agree with this. Okay. First one's Braden Point. Okay. Second one's Anthony Sorelli. I'm thinking. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll 100% agree with that. I think point because I mean lately is especially over the last like six weeks or so he's been outstanding. You know, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but you have to remember he was coming off the double hip surgery. I am gonna say you. So those are the only two players you gave A's to. Well, I have an A minus. I have two A's, and then I have Kalorn at A plus. All right, you missed an A. Who do you got? Andre Palat. I gave him an A minus. You're wrong. Eh, it's it's the A minus A. I mean, I I almost gave him an A. I decided to go with A minus, but I I, I I'm not necessarily going to say that you're wrong to if you were to give him an A if if you had you know your list going. But you know, Palat, I really really went back and forth on that one. Do I go A minus A? I feel like it's kind of nitpicking. Either way, he's been really really good for this team this season. I mean. The numbers he's put up so far, he's bounced back from the injuries. Wrong, 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 oh, you just had to throw it in there, didn't wrong, you? Wrong, 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 <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's I, I get it. I get it. You tell me. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Because I don't want to say it the way I would normally phrase it when I'm not on the air. Okay, I'm trying to think how to... Okay, you've got two choices. Best two-way player. Braden Point, Andre Pilat, this season. This season, best two-way guy. Best two-way guy. <sighs> That's a toss-up. Because you could... Why, why are you putting Sorelli in that list? You, gotta, you should... Sorelli's great. But those two are are a step above Sorelli. Hmm. I'd say they're all, all three of them are kind of right there with each other. Okay, and, I gotta say Andre Palat, just because, like you and I have said, he has stepped his game up exponentially this season. You can tell the training that he went through over the season to add speed, a little bit more speed to his game, to slim him down a little bit more, has definitely paid dividends for him this season. Now, are the stats certainly hitting the? The um, elite level, elite level. No, he's no. at twelve goals and eighteen assists for thirty points. Not bad. I mean, when you think about it, let me see here. I'm pulling up the rest of his info. His best season was obviously not his Calder year. It was the following season when he had sixteen and forty-seven. That was the that was the triplets year when they went to the cup final. Mm-hmm. That was the year he was ninth in Selkie. I think the reason I put Palat just a notch below Sorelli, 
and Point was because Point's had a better offensive season. Sorelli, to me, has had... Sorelli has had more clutch moments this season, I think, than Pilat has. That's why I gave those two the slight edge over Pilat. Although, it, like I, I admitted, it's he, nitpicking a little I bit. I would say when he led the league in shorthanded goals, that was more clutch. True, but to me, Sorelli's had more big moments. And we'll get into... Uh, we'll certainly get into that a little bit later when we count down the top 10 moments of the season up to this point. But yeah, I mean, you could make a pretty good case for Palat being an a, for an A. I'm still going to say A minus. I I think we're still in the in the same area though, so there's not really a whole lot of disagreement there. No, I mean we're not that far apart. I just feel like you gave him an A minus. I would have given him an A. That's fair enough. <laughs> Two guys that earned B pluses, in my opinion. Okay, Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. Now keep in mind. I'm giving these grades based on what you did, you know, kind of preseason expectations, what you'd normally expect from these guys. I came very close to giving Stamkos an A minus. I just felt he wasn't quite there just yet. I feel now remember these grades can obviously change a lot by I'm the end of give, the season. I'm going to give I'm going to give him an A minus. You're going to give him an A minus? Only because he's upped his face-off percentage again. True. So he's becoming better when they need him in the face-off circle, but he's still on pace for potentially a hundred point season because he's sitting at 48 points right now. Right. Um, I'm going to give him an A minus. Okay. I'm just going by, you know, his, his, what we normally expect from him. His numbers aren't necessarily down. They're not quite at the, the level that we've expected in the past, but I still think that he's, he's still playing at a very, very, he's playing some of the best hockey of his career. No, I, absolutely. I will say that. And the only person that has a better faceoff percentage then Stamkos is Pat Maroon, who's four for three for 57.1%, but he's only taken seven. Right. Stamkos has taken, he's won 290, he's lost 231. Yeah, he's gotten exponentially better in faceoffs. And Braden Point, who's supposed to be the better of the two faceoff, is sitting at 49.7%. So but he's been good in every in every other aspect, though. So with Nikita Kucherov, though, I felt that I mean, lately, he, over the last month or so, ever, ever since he got benched, his game has reached a high level again. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's he's back to being better than a point per game guy. But there were some stretches earlier this season where he was, you know, where his puck management was a little bit sloppy. We'd see him turn the puck over at times. You know, there were, there were stretches where maybe he wasn't generating as much, and then he would have stretches where he was all over the, you know, just causing all sorts of issues for the opposition. I, I think that both Kucherov and Stamkos have room to move up in terms of their grade, but as for, you know, kind of based on preseason expectation and what's been done so far, I still feel comfortable giving both of them a solid B plus, but Kucherov I think has plenty of room to jump up into the A category, you know, by the end of the season. What two players lead the team in power play goals? Uh, Kalorn's got to be up there, right? Mm-hmm. Kalorn's one, and actually, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. They're second place. The lead is Steven Stamkos with eight. That's not surprising. Um, but who's number two? 
tied with Kalorn for two. Mm-hmm. Oh man, um, I haven't looked at. I, I haven't looked, so so I'm obviously I'm not trying to cheat or anything. I'm gonna say it is is Mikhail Sergachev. Nope. Not Braden Mik- Point. Braden Point again. Okay. Braden Point again. Sergachev actually only has four. Power play goals. So points back to you know being a a power play maven once again. Not quite with the same level he was with on the power play last year, but you know still still producing with the man advantage. Absolutely. Um, two guys that I gave bees to: Cedric Paquette and Pat Maroon. Guys that have been you know staples on the fourth line. You know been providing that physical element that this team you know has needed for some time. Um, I think Paquette's been really, really good, you know, for what he provides, you know, you're not going to get a, obviously a ton of offense from him, but you know, he, he's been pretty solid. You know, one of his issues in the past was taking a lot of unnecessary penalties. He's cut that down. We haven't seen that from him very much. Maroon has been as good as advertised. I mean, I, I think that he, you know, he, he brings that, you know, that's that sandpaper that this team has you know, has really, really needed and was seeking after last season's um, rather abrupt playoff exit. And and I think that they're going to be two guys that while they'll still be on the fourth line, they're still going to be important cogs on this team going forward. Maybe not necessarily for the offense, which they could still chip in from time to time, but they're still going to be important guys for the stretch run and, you know, going into the postseason. Wait, so what grade is this? A B. I disagree. There's one player you're missing. Kevin Shattenkirk. Well, we haven't gotten to the defenseman yet. Oh, this is just forwards. This is just the forwards. Oh, okay. Okay. Carry on. Yeah, I, I broke it up from uh, from for, forwards, defensemen, and the goalies. Uh, B minus. I had two guys at, at a B minus. I had Tyler Johnson, and I had Carter Verhage. I'd move Johnson up to B. Really? I think he's having a career resurgent year. He has been a bit snake bitten on the power play when he's gotten his chance. Zero power play goals this season, eleven uh even strength. Um But there have been times when we haven't seen him produce. I mean, we we've seen him pick up his game more during the uh the win streak, the ten game win streak. But at the same time, there there are times where where you know he's he's very visible. You you see him making things happen out there, creating chances. But then there's other times where you'd like to see more from him. I feel like that he's been decent, hasn't been great. And when we come back, we'll finish this and more. All that and more. When we come back here on the Scrum Sports Hockey Show on Lightning Power Play. Welcome back to the Scrum Sports Hockey Show on Lightning Power Play. And we're back here with Off the Rails of the Scrum Sports here on Lightning Power Play. And before the break, we were giving each player a grade. uh, And we had to uh, cut out abruptly due to time constraint. And before we left, Brooks was talking about Tyler Johnson and Carter Verhage. Well, Johnson and Verhage, I both gave B-minuses. Um, I feel like, you know, Johnson at times has been a little bit, a uh, little bit invisible offensively, and at other times he's you know made some, you know made a big difference offensively. But compared to what he did, you know what he's done in the past, it hasn't quite been put together this year. But I feel like Johnson's, 
He's one of those guys that I'll be watching closely to see how he does for the uh, the remainder of the season. As for Verhage, took him a little while to get going. You know, kind of took him some time to to gain some confidence. But once he, I think once he got that first goal, you could see him finally start to settle in. He was playing pretty well around that time as well. But once he once he got that first goal out of the way, you could see the confidence building up. You could see him being a, a guy that, you know. Create helps create chances offensively. Can help drive play. Good on the forecheck, and as you'll uh, and we'll talk about him a little bit more during our uh, top ten moments of the season up to this point. Now, the last two forwards that were that I gave you know, full grades to are Yanni Gord and Matthew Joseph. I gave Yanni Gord a C. I mean. <sighs> I mean, the, the poor guy hasn't scored since November 25th. I know. And the, and, 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 but the thing is, and it's not a knock on the guy. He's played vi- away from the puck. He's actually continued to play well. You see him blocking shots. You see him generating chances. They're not going in right now. Yeah. He's contributed in other ways. But for a guy that signed that deal you know, a little over a year ago that he signed... You'd expect a little more, especially from somebody who's already had two 20-goal seasons at the NHL level. Uh, Matthew Joseph, I gave a C- minus because I thought that he would build off the rookie season he had a year ago when he made the team out of camp and scored 13 goals last season. This year, things just weren't quite, you know, go. It, it was almost like Matthew Joseph's hands weren't quite catching up to his feet. The guy's got amazing speed, but he just wasn't quite finishing his chances off this season. He got demoted to Syracuse. You know, and and it's it could be one of those things where, you know, maybe that's what he needed to kind of get his confidence built back up and, you know, to be in a place where he's playing big minutes in all situations. I don't think we've seen the last of Matthew Joseph this season. Uh, Mitchell Stevens, I'm giving an incomplete simply because he hasn't been on the roster long enough. I do like what I've seen so far. I think we'll have a much more clearer letter grade later on this season. Now, moving on to the well, defenseman. he also got sent back uh, down to Syracuse, obviously. True. Um, which kind of surprised me a little bit, but you know, I, I, I it wasn't unexpected, right? So, but at the same time, I, I don't think that like. I mentioned I did, I don't think that we've seen the last of Matthew Joseph. I don't think we've seen the last of Mitchell Stevens in a Lightning uniform either. And here's the good thing about Verhage. He's doing a lot with less. He's only averaging just about nine and a half minutes of ice time a game. He's made a count though. Oh, he has <laughs> over the last over the last month or so. He's really really made that ice time count. Um, as for the defenseman, um, Victor Hedman. That's an obvious A. A plus. Yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, I mean, we, we kind of. I would almost break out the rare A plus plus. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I think all in all, he's been the Lightning's best player. Yeah, you, you could make a really good case for him being team MVP. I mean, he, oh, he's been, he's been that good. If not for John Carlson and Washington, he's probably your leading Norris candidate right now. I think he still is. In it, my eyes. Even with Carlson having the better numbers, I think Hedman's had the better defensive season. 
They've both been just horses for their teams, though. I mean, both those guys are very, very deserving of the award. That's going to be a pretty intriguing race to watch down the stretch. So is the Vesna. Because even though Vassy struggled early on in the season, he still, and I'm pulling it back up here. Hold on. Where is it? Where is it? Come on, stats. Just take your time. He's still leading the league in wins. I mean, it... it and he's win- he's leading by two games. True. I, I don't put it with goalies, though. It's dangerous to just look at wins entirely because that is a team I'm not, stat. I'm not. But I'm also looking at save percentage. And he's he's tied... For first in save percentage with a 9.17. Um, the goals against average obviously is around a 2.54. I, I, I don't think goals... To me, save percentage is the much more important stat. And his and you mentioned his save percentage has been climbing substantially because for a while it was hovering around the 904, 905 I'm range. Sorry, Tristan Jari actually has the highest with 929. Yeah, he's been really, really good for Pittsburgh. And... Because for whatever reason, that stat I was looking at, Vassy's not even in the top 10 in save percentage. But he's in a 917, right? <laughs> yes. 917 is still a pretty solid save percentage, especially after the first couple months he was having. So the lowest on this list is. Was it the top 10? Yes. Is Pavel. Francis. Francis with a 924. Then you got Tukaras, Thomas Grice. Elvis. Uh-huh. He's been a revelation for Columbus, man. He's been so good for them lately. Um, then you've got Kadobin, Bishop, Samsonov, Jake Allen, Darcy Kemper, and then, of course, Tristan Jari. Jake Allen's on that list. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, did, they, did they show, like, the minimum required games played? Played for 16 or more games. Okay. And shutouts... Hellebuck with four. Uh, once again, Hellebuck is this year's version of John Gibson. He's his back's just going to give out from carrying that team. Dude, he looks like a villain in this picture. <laughs> he really does. Have you ever seen? I remember when they were in the play, like uh, the playoffs a couple years ago when they were making their Western Conference final run. He was like th- they showed the camera in the locker room focused on him. And he looked like he was just shooting daggers with his eyes through the camera lens. Like, you could sense the camera guy's fear from the look on Connor Hellebuck's face. He was so focused. So it wasn't the kid from the baseball game that was like... No, 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 no. No. Given the googly eyes. No, no, it was... No, Connor Hellebuck, in his photo, he looks like he wants to just kill someone. All right, so let's continue. So... Anyway... Now that we've officially gone off the rails. Yeah, it, it happens every show. It's every a staple. Every show. Well, you know, Headman, A, but I'm the more I think about it, I'm going to amend it to an A+. Because I, I, he's just I been that good. You. Yeah, you did. You okay. did. The others, you didn't convince me as much. This one, you, you convinced me. Um, two. I had two blue liners get A-minuses. Kevin Shattenkirk and Mikhail Sergachev. Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, those two have had really, no, really good no, years. No, 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 no. 
Shattenkirk, A minus, absolutely. Sergachev, A. Really? Okay. Well, um, he, I think his fight energized this team because shortly after that fight is when they went on their nice, you know, 10 game run. Well, it was in the middle of that. Yeah. Well, you know what I meant. Yeah. Fair enough. But it, ke- it kept it going. Well, I remember I'm I'm basing this off the entire season though, but because Sergeyev the first month and a half, there there were some issues in the defensive zone. It took some time to really get his game together, but once things started to click, and it seemed like they started to click probably around the beginning of December, he's been so so good for this team. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a, a staple in this team's top four for a very very long time to come. What's the number of games to truly judge a defenseman? I would say... Because Mike and I were trying to remember the number and we couldn't. It's about three seasons worth. Okay, so, so, so he's we'll in say, his third season right now. Say We'll say about close to 250 games, 225 <laughs> games, somewhere in there. All right, so he played 79... I'm sorry, he played four games in 16-17 for Montreal. 79 games for the Lightning the following season. 75 games the following season, and he's already played 48 this year. So, and as of right now, he's 15 points off his best numbers of 40 points from his first year with the Lightning when he went 9-31. and 31. Yeah. You know, last year he went through a bit of the sophomore slump. This year you could see it all coming together for him, both ends of the ice. I mean, he's playing more and more important minutes. He's getting a lot more ice time. You could see that the coaching staff is starting to really, really trust him in important situations. Mm-hmm. I gave uh, two defensemen Bs, uh, Ryan McDonough and Jan Ruda. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I can't... I mean, McDonough's been solid when healthy. He, I, I felt like he had a better season last year. But, mm-hmm. you know, this year he's been... You know, he's been a solid second-pairing shutdown guy along with Eric Chernak. And I gave Chernak a B minus, though. Although I feel like Chernak's been playing better as of late, but there, there, there were, you know, there have been some times when McDonough and Chernak have had a few hiccups. But I think that we're going to see them. Uh, I think we'll see them round up and get closer to the B plus range as the season goes on. Um, as for Braden Coburn and Luke Shen, I gave them incomplete mostly because Shen hasn't played all that much, and Coburn has been hurt. He missed a long stretch with injuries, so tough to really give either of them a letter grade. When it came to the goaltenders... Um, oh, I'm really interested to see what you gave McElhinney. I gave McElhinney a B-. minus. Okay. I, I gave... I, gave I, I felt like... I, I would have said a C+, plus, but I'm a little harsher when it comes to grading. That's true. But, I, I mean, I, I feel like it's fair to put him right around that range because... He's been in a few situations where the team has not played well in front of him at times, but he's still given them some pretty solid saves. Has he been spectacular? Been a couple games where he's looked really good, and then other times where you know he's let in a few that that he'd probably like to have back. But all in all, he's been a decent backup goalie, about what you'd expect for a veteran that's in his mid thirties. Okay, you know and he's a guy that can give them a quality start here and there. And Andre Vasilevsky. Um, I gave him a B. Mostly, uh, the the first couple months of the season brought his uh, 
his average down. Yeah, it, brought, a bit. it brought the save percentage down. It brought his grade down. I feel like since the ten game winning streak started, he's been lights out. He's been absolutely terrific. Has he lost yet? He's still on a winning streak. He in terms of his own personal winning streak. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's one away from tying the uh, the team record for most consecutive wins by a goaltender. Huh. But yeah, he's been very very good since uh since that winning streak started up and they're going to need him to be good. I mean, you don't want to be over-reliant on him like they were last season, but at the same time they they can now we we've been, you know, seeing them you know, not have to worry about him and you know, his play in the crease. You know the one thing is, I think he should call Dwayne Rollison and and borrow the horseshoe for the playoffs. <laughs> Now maybe maybe save that for when uh for when these guys get a little bit older, because remember Rollison was like right at the tail end of his career. Yeah, true, true. I mean, God, how old is he? He had to have been like forty during that playoff run. Uh, well, let's I'm see. I'm very curious now because I know he was like right. That was his last. That was like that playoff run that they made in 2011 that was like the last stand of Dwayne Rollison because he was so good for them and then the next year you know you, the the end of the line had come at that point uh, but what, what year was that when he went 34 and 18 uh 2010 2011 okay so when he split time between the Islanders and the Lightning right uh he was 41. Okay, I was close. Uh, he finished his career with the Lightning at the age of 42 in 2011-2012. Still had a pretty good season. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, let me correct myself. Yeah, no, he was 13-16. and 16. Not a good season. <laughs> no. I was he... looking at the wrong... I was looking at uh, game started. Sorry. Yeah, that, that year defensively was a rough one for the Lightning. Also, the year Steven Stamkos scored 60 goals, but they missed the playoffs, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the... Uh, our, he never our... made the All-Star game. Dwayne Rolson? Yeah. There were two years he was in the running. In 2002-2003, both, 2003-2004. Both as a member of uh, Minnesota. Yeah, that was when he helped lead them to the their only appearance of the conference final. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been past the second round since then. And he was uh, number six and number nine in those same years in the Vesna. Interesting. He actually got Vesna votes, huh? He got Vesna votes. He got top ten Vesna votes. No kidding. So, um, but when we come back, we are going to talk top ten moments of the season, as well as positive and negative. You can probably guess what my negative is going to be. I'm not going to say it, neither is Brooks, but you can probably guess what it's going to be. All that more when we come back here on Lightning Power Play with Off the Rails with the Scrum Sports. Welcome back to the Scrum Sports Hockey Show on Lightning Power Play. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Rails with the Scrum Sports here on Lightning Power Play. And before the break, we finished up our player grades with Curtis McElhinney and Andre Vasilevsky. And this segment, I'm adding something a little different. Um, we were going to go into positive and negative to start the, the, the segment and then do the top 10 moments. But real quick, I'm going to quiz Brooks. 
So I'm going to go from top to bottom each conference and see how much you've actually been paying attention to the NHL. Okay. So this is if the playoffs started today. All right. We're going to do this real quick. Okay. Uh, In the Western Conference, the top seed. The top seed is the St. Louis Blues. And the wild card two. Wild card two is um, Vegas. Uh, Central two. Central two is Colorado. Central three. Dallas. Pacific one. Pacific one is Vancouver. Western Conference one. Uh, Wild card one. That is uh, Arizona. Pacific two and three. Two and three. I believe two is Calgary, three is Edmonton. Mm, flipped. Oh, okay. I was close. Edmonton's two, Calgary's uh, three. Okay. If the playoffs started today for the Eastern Conference, top seed. Top seed would be the Washington Capitals. No. Right now, the top top of the, the board <coughs> is Atlantic one. Well, Atlantic one's Boston. Wild card one. Wild card one is Carolina. Columbus. Yep. Okay. Atlantic two. Atlantic two is the Lightning. Three. Florida. Which would be the matchup everybody's been waiting on. For 25 years. Yes. <laughs> uh, Metro one. Metro one is Washington. Wild card two. Wild card two is Carolina. Metro two and three. Metro two and three is Pittsburgh two, Islanders three. Dan Brooks. All right, hats off. <laughs> Positive and negative for this week's show. I'm going to start with my negative, mainly because I need to... Uh, vent. I need to vent. To the gentleman who let his 13-year-old child apparently get punched by Gritty, <laughs> sir, you need to, to have that you know world's greatest dad mug taken away from you. Yeah, that, that's apparently you let your kid, you let Gritty get a running start, running start, and I'm using air quotes, to punch your kid, and you didn't step in between on a 13 year old kid. This isn't a toddler. Wait, you know what? This is, a thir- I, I, this is apparently a 13 year old kid. Uh, now, now if he'd done this to like a, a five year old, okay, yeah, I I could see the outrage. I want to see if there's actually video. There's not apparently there is no video because I know that that's that's been a point of contention is was there any video of it and oh this is why the guy didn't step in he's from Newark New Jersey <laughs> maybe but he's still a Flyers fan apparently yeah what's wrong with you dude you live in New Jersey and you're not a Devils fan uh, South, I mean South I mean, Jersey's a big Philly sports maven though doesn't matter but apparently. He will not renew his Flyers tickets. Mm, Bye. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) That is my negative, is the fact that this guy is trying to oust Gritty or get Gritty in trouble or whatever. Hashtag free Gritty. Hashtag justice for Gritty. Hashtag Gritty is innocent. Uh, My positive is the story that recently came to light that uh, Connor McDavid over the offseason... 
uh, elected not to have a surgery that would have put him out for 10 months. He instead decided to do a vigorous uh, rehabilitation and is currently leading the league in points. Yeah. And he hasn't missed a beat. Nope. I mean, he looks better than ever. I was reading a little bit more, too. I mean, it was... And he doesn't whine like Crosby did. Or does. I would say maybe did. You don't really see... Early in Crosby's career, yeah, he would kind of chirp at the officials a bit, but... You don't really see that anymore, but I, I'm with you on that. Kudos to Connor McDavid for being really, really tough. And I mean, his apparently his his PCL in his knee was like almost cut in half. There was a crack in the front of his tibia. I'm reading the story right now, and the fact that he went through this vigorous rehab and and everything didn't go with the with the surgery because apparently the surgery would have affected how he played the rest of his career. If he had, had gone that route, so kudos to him. Yeah, you love to see you have to see elite players being able to play at an elite level. As for my positive and negative, my positive has to do with the standings that we just talked about. The fact that at the All Star break, the Lightning and Panthers are in second and third place. The thought, just the thought, of a possible Lightning Panthers playoff series is my positive for the week. Even though it might not happen, just yeah, the thought that it I don't could... want to I don't want to face Bob two two playoffs in a row. I I I I would like to I'd like to get that rematch. I I I, I Well, it wouldn't even be a rematch per se cuz he's not on the same team. Well, I know, but, but it w- we also know Bob elevates his game in the playoffs. He did last year. He didn't before, but last year he did elevate his game in the playoffs. My negative... It better be what I... By the way, was my negative what it, what you thought it would be? It was exactly what I thought it okay, would be. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> my, my negative goes to uh, Corey Perry of the Dallas Stars. Um, if you saw the Winter Classic, he got booted out of that game for uh, elbowing Ryan Ellis in the head, was given a five-game suspension, and took probably the greatest walk of shame in hockey history when he had to walk from the middle of the Cotton Bowl, probably about 500 yards all the way back to the locker room. By the way, Corey Perry, you just made the list. Yeah, and then the reason why I'm key, I'm putting him on the negative list is uh, in a game against Minnesota recently. It, it, I think it was like his second game back from suspension. Did a drive by on Alex Stalock, the Wilds and when, goalie. And when he says drive by, it's not what you think. It's not. He was like. Hey, Alex. No, no, it wasn't like that. He he basically... That's what my Dalmatian does to me. <laughs> my dog does that as well. And basically, Perry you know, drove to the net, clipped Staylock in the head, touched off this big scrum, and it's like, I'm thinking, dude, you made contact with a goalie's head. You could have avoided it. And it's and it's only in your second game back after a five-game suspension. Shame Still on you, Still not man. the dirtiest player in the NHL. Well, according to the recent poll by The Athletic, which had Brad Marchand, as as voted by the players. Yes. As voted by over 300 NHL players. All right. So we've got eight minutes. Seven minutes. Sorry. Brooks, your top, the scrums top 10 list before the All-Star break. All right. Number 10, November 25th, 2019, Cedric Paquette. And Andre Palat score back-to-back shorthanded goals 49 seconds apart in the third period, turning a 3-2 lead into a 5-2 win over the Buffalo Sabres. You just made the list! Number 9, January 9th, 
Andre Vasilevsky stops all 25 shots that he faces, gets his first shot out of the season, and the Lightning play, you could make a case there as it was their most complete game of the season, and a 4 nothing win over the Arizona Coyotes. You just made the list! Number 8, December 23rd. The Lightning get three power play goals. Vasilevsky makes 29 saves and a 6-1 win over the Florida Panthers that starts off their 10-game winning streak. And guess what, Brooks? What's that? You just made the list! There you go. December 7th, Steven Stamko scores with 27 seconds left in the second period for a 3-0 lead. Victor Hedman makes it 4-0, 52 seconds into the third period. And Carter Verhage caps it off with his first career NHL goal and a 7-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. Great game. Great game. Any that, you, any that you disagree with so far? So far, no. Um, although your number one better be what I think it is. It is. Okay. I almost went contrarian, but I decided, nah, it's it's a solid number one. We'll go with that. We'll, 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 we'll see. Okay. We'll see if we, we match up. Number six, November 14th. After the first six minutes and 42 seconds of the opening period, the Lightning owned a 4 nothing lead in a 9-3 win over the New York Rangers. Those four goals happened in a span of four minutes and three seconds. You just made the list! Not a good night to be a New York Rangers goaltender. No, and have you heard the rumors that are going around that apparently the Lightning and them are in talks for their backup goalie? Uh, Georgiev? I think so. Yes. Yeah, he's he's actually really good. He, I, I don't, I don't know that I'd buy that rumor that the Lightning would, would would go after him. I don't know they really need him, but you know he's a guy that's been thrown out there in terms of trade rumors. So it's something worth watching. You know, with the deadline, you know, about a month away. Absolutely. Moving on to number, where am I? Number five, December twenty eighth. A game the Lightning were trailing 2-0 after the first period. They were trailing in shots on goal 18-0 at one point. But then in the second period, Mitchell Stevens got his first career NHL goal to give the Lightning a 3-2 lead and what would be a 5-4 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Say it, say it right. Les Habitants. You just made the list! I was going to say the Canadiens. Ha ha ha! We move on to number four, January 7th. The Lightning and the Vancouver Canucks are on dueling seven-game winning streaks. But Carter Verhage scores his first NHL hat trick. The Lightning tie a franchise record for most goals in a period when they scored six times in the second period and an eventual 9-2 win over the Canucks. Not a good night to be a uh, Canucks goalie. No, not a good night to be a Canuck, period. December 3rd, or I'm sorry, number 3, December 17th, 2019, probably one of my favorite moments of the entire season, Anthony Sorelli scores a breakaway goal with 19 seconds left in overtime and a 4-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. You probably remember this game as being the one where Nikita Kucherov got benched, but the Lightning came away with the OT win anyway. You just made the list! Number 2. Right before the All-Star break, January 17th, Sorelli gets the first hat trick of his career and one Alex Kalorn hits 20 goals for the first time 
as the Lightning stomp the Winnipeg Jets at Bell MTS Place 7-1. to one. one night after losing for the eighth straight time in Minnesota. So you just made the list! Good bounce back for the Lightning there. And we get to number one. It better be what I think it is. New Year's Eve. Mikhail Sergachev gets into a fight. Alex Kalorn scores a pair of goals, including the game winner. And the Lightning, who were once trailing 4-1 to one in the second period at Buffalo, rally for a 6-4 to four win over the Sabres. One of those games where it was in the middle of that winning streak. It was in the middle of a stretch of six straight games against Atlantic Division teams. You know, the Lightning are going on the road. They're on the ropes. Doesn't look too good. Sergeyev gets into that fight when it's 3-1. to one. It, ge- it gives the bench a nice little boost. Of course, Jack Eichel would score a highlight real goal shorthanded you know, a few moments later, but that didn't seem to phase the Lightning because, like His I said... His hair still bothers me. <laughs> random, but yes, I, I, can, I can understand that. And the Lightning, of course, like I said, came away with a 6-4 to win over a division rival. Mikhail Sergachev taunting the crowd. That was that was one of those moments where we'll look back on this season and by by the it wouldn't shock me if we make this list at the end. What what, what are you looking at over there? I caught the I caught the uh, the ad before it could uh, oh, play there, on me. There you go. Nice. By the way, done. Brooks. What do we got? Are you trying to play? Oh. Mikhail Sergachev against Buffalo in this game. He went full Maximus Decimus Yes, he did. Laid out Eichel, got challenged to a fight by Jake DePage, and then just took it to the game. As we're watching this clip from Gladiator. And then Sergeyev does this little... Detain! Are you not entertained? <laughs> are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Yeah, he went full Maximus. He, he really did. One of my um, favorite movies of all time, by the way. Yes, but just the way he threw his hands up, and he's just like, literally, that's what the the gif was like. Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah, there, there may have been a few. Uh, there may have been a few expletives thrown in there as well. I think he actually said them. Yes. Um. So if we said or did anything this week you don't necessarily agree with, uh, hit us up on the social media spear uh, at Trevor G underscore Scrum. At Brooks Roland82. Uh, you can also find us on all social media platforms at the Scrum Sports. Um, give us a follow. Give us a like. Um, give us a subscribe on YouTube for all of our locker room videos. Uh, check us out at the Scrum uh, at, well, not at, but www.thescrumsports.com for all your Lightning Bucks, Rays, Vipers articles. That does it for us this week. Thanks for listening once again on Lightning Power Play to Off the Rails of the Scrum Sports. And there's only one thing left to say. Go Go Bolts! Bolts!